Hi, Doug. <laughs> oh, that was so kind and gentle. Hi, Karen. We're just easing into this. I was telling Doug before we started this, um, I've been having trouble sleeping at night, which is not new, but it went away for a while and then it came back. And I had read um, that a really good sort of natural thing to take is holy basil leaf. Um, it's an adaptogen. I think that's what it's called. And it's supposed to help chill you out. So I've been taking it for like two weeks now. And it does leave me pretty chill. <laughs> I feel like I should put it to the test and say really controversial things okay. about tonight's episode. But we'll totally I probably try don't it. have controversial things to say. So uh, we'll see. Okay, well, we'll see um, how controversial it is. So, episode 28, correct? Deja vu all over again. All over again. Yes, episode 28. So, this was kind of a big deal. I, yeah, I mean, stuff is happening now. Yeah. They are finally moving stuff along to get to the finish line. Um, and we have a new cast member. Yes. Should we talk about that before we talk about that? No, let's wait until we talk about it to talk about okay. it. Okay, we have a new cast member, which is kind of exciting. Um, and yeah, again, you know, I was mixed on this one. Oh, on, on the episode overall? Yeah, I was mixed overall. Yeah, I, I, I see that. I agree. See, I'm already not being controversial. I'm just going to put you to sleep. Okay, so there were, there were, okay, so this kind of feels like, the season that like the season like where season four it was just a hate watch at, you know like that was it and this is like some storylines i'm absolutely in love with and other ones i'm like oh god well yeah there's a couple i mean no there's like one i'm in hate with okay so i'm kind of curious which one you're in hate with because i'm kind of in hate with two i think yeah i feel like i'm gonna i i, I know what those are Okay, so let's start with one. Um, well, okay. I was actually going to suggest a couple, a couple even smaller stories than the ones we but, hate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But maybe, but maybe I'm wrong. So I'm going to predict that this first one is not one you hate. It's about okay. Matt. I don't hate it, yeah. but it was short, and I don't get it. Yeah, I mean. So I think it's just one scene. I thought it was two because Matt was kind of crying oh, his ear at you're, shooters. You're right, you're right. I have it lumped in with another storyline. Right. Well, I mean, the gist of it is Matt's at shooters um, for a thing, and he's, like, crying in his Chardonnay um, about having, about, you know, losing custody of his niece, who he apparently bonded with considerably. And um, even though, you know, I'm he, he he basically says something like I am the you know, I'm the I'm the guardian, guardian. that my brother wanted. My brother put me a guardian, not her mom. And um, and, you know, life's not fair, basically. And I don't remember who did he say that to? And did they give him a pep talk to go get his kid? That I don't um, remember. He was telling it to Billy and Sam. And I don't think there's much of a pep talk as much as Sam is just kind of like a good cheerleader for a lot of these people. Um, but Billy, like, didn't comprehend. So that's why Matt really had to explain it. Because Billy's like, oh, well, didn't they make you the guardian? Like, he's like, oh, well, didn't they leave the paper on your doorstep so it's yours? No one else can take it. Like, he's, he just said it extra dumb, which is I mean, an achievement. Yeah. Um, but that... That's basically, I don't think there's much of a, I don't remember it, at least, where either of them said anything that would cause him to decide to fight in the way he's about to. Right. Um, so the next time we see him, though, he's all fired up. Yeah, because we see um, Denise is the mother. And uh, Chelsea's mom. And they're waiting in, I assume, the lobby of a hotel on their way to go to the airport to go back to Denise's home in Paris. And they're just waiting for Matt to bring Chelsea's passport. Um, and finally, Matt comes, I think, a half hour late. 
And what he delivers is actually a court order forbidding her from taking Chelsea out of the country. Um, which, which precipitates what is going to be a fight for custody between Matt and Denise over Chelsea. Okay, but, you know, when the kid is, what, 8, 16, what, how old is Chelsea? Uh, probably not 18, so either 16 or 17 is my guess. So, isn't it kind of, she's, but, she, you know, bottom line is she's old enough to make the decision about where she wants to live. Well, also, guess she and Matt eventually bonded after she stopped being a jerk, but now she's kind of being a jerk again, and she's like, enough, Matt, I want to go with my mom, and she's not giving Matt any, any indication that, like, she really doesn't, that her mom is putting undue pressure on her. Like, this is her biological mother, and she says she wants to live with her biological mother, and her dad is dead. So, Matt, I, like, just say, oh, this was nice while it lasted, and I hope that the mom and the daughter get along in Paris. Like, that's Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you know, I guess I just don't really understand his kind of, like, reaction to this, this whole situation we don't have enough background on this mom. Why did she leave her daughter with the dad who kind of sounded like a jerk anyway? Um, you know, why did she sort of seem to lose contact with her daughter? Why did she show up out of the blue? What was she talking about when she said, you don't understand why I couldn't be with you? It was like, like there was all of this stuff that I feel like was never, we don't have enough information to sort of feel like, yes, Matt, you're doing the right thing. Yeah, and this is typically not a show that traffics in subtlety. So when they want us to know who to side with, they tell us who to side with. Like, typically they show the mom doing rails in the bathroom or something. So we're like, oh, she's really not ready to be a caretaker for her teenage daughter. Or we overhear a conversation where she's like, I just wanted her for the money I'm going to get, like, something yeah. hypothetical like that. But we, we're just like, well, you know, whatever the problems were between you and the dead father, like, all we see of you is that you've returned in your daughter's life and seem to have good intentions and want to make up for lost time. So, Matt, I, if he's not the bad guy, he can't fully get my sympathy. Right. So it's funny because I don't dislike the storyline. I don't like the storyline. I don't understand the storyline enough to even dislike it. They just haven't given us enough. Yeah. And which is like kind of par for the course for Matt. Like, why would they? Yeah. And it's always the storylines with him have to be so extra. Like, it yeah. can't just be something a bit more normal and like close to Melrose and down to earth. It's always got to be, ugh arrests and overdoses and legal battles and it's like can't it just be like Matt and, needs a break and being set up for murder and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> a yeah. marriage yeah 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 so moving on well I don't think this is another one you dislike okay but it was relatively short oddly to me in this episode we didn't get enough of Peter and Taylor. So let's go there. Actually, this is one of the ones I don't like. Oh, excellent. Doug yes. is rubbing his hands together. Um, I want, I, then I want you to talk about it. Okay. You set it up. So uh, Peter and Taylor have been playing this sort of like weird game uh, where he's been trying to mold her into Beth, the dead wife, also Taylor's sister. And um, Taylor was resistant. Um, now, all of a sudden, Taylor is embracing being yeah, back. Not so, just resistant, but appalled. Yes, she was originally appalled. And now she is embracing all that is Beth. And so when we first see our lovely couple, they're having breakfast. And Beth is, uh, Beth, Taylor is in Beth mode. And making this breakfast for Peter that apparently Beth made for him that were pancakes. And I guess she used to heat up the syrup and it's all yeah. a very thing. And when, when he just doesn't respond to it, um, she sort of leans in and she's like, 
but how can you not? These are your favorites. This is Beth. It's Beth's recipe. I did it exactly like Beth did. And, um, and he just has like this reaction to her um, and is basically like, he basically like shits on her and, um, yeah. you know, and is basically like, you think a stack of pancakes can replace the woman I loved? I don't, you know, whatever. And, um, and it's just like this really tense and awful moment between them. And, you know, I almost started feeling bad for Taylor at that point. And I don't want to feel bad for Taylor. Right. Like, I still don't find her a likable character. So I don't, so like at this point, I just dislike both of them and I want them off screen. Uh, that's kind of how I felt watching it the first time around. This time, uh, I think it's just the whole thing is idiotic, but it doesn't bother me just because uh, I think I already knew it was coming. I, th I think some writer watched Vertigo right in the middle of this season and was like, okay. Here's where we're going to take Peter and Taylor. <laughs> we're going to gaslight her or something, right? <laughs> we're just going to do the same exact thing because it worked for Jimmy Stewart. And then, I mean, and the other thing, too, that bothers me about this, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, I just don't like Jack Wagner when he has to play the asshole. It is not where he lives right. as an actor. It, it just, he just doesn't pull it off. He's great when he's a charming rogue, but there's nothing charming or rogue about what he's doing here. He's just being that's exactly right. Like he's yeah, just no, that's that's it. Like yes, you hit it perfectly with the rogue thing. Like Jack Wagner is good when he's playing Peter as uh, narcissistic, as arrogant, as entitled, but not as a true bad guy. Yeah. Um, Certainly, like, okay, it was one thing when he was doing that weird thing when they first brought him in and he was trying to kill Amanda. Okay, fine, whatever. But he um, was doing it in a roguish manner. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was more, more rogue than criminal. Like, he can't play dark. They can't play abusive. And, of course, the writing here doesn't... It's not that responsible in terms of portraying someone who is abusive. Um, no. I, w I would have liked it better... If it had only gone as far as, okay, Peter has this weird dead Beth fetish and he wants Taylor to dress up like her and eventually Taylor gives in. But stop there and then have him like it. Not, but now he's being aggressive and abusive in response to Taylor embracing the thing he suddenly wanted her to do. Right. So in the next scene, we have Taylor by herself sort of pawing through um, his Beth artifacts. And she comes up with a videotape, a VHS tape. God, how quaint. Um, called Housewarming Party or something like that. And she plugs yeah. it in. You know, she puts it in the VCR and she watches it. And there's her dead sister kind of putting the moves on her husband about, well, Peter, we can't have sex before the guests come or something like that. I don't know. It's all very put on put upon and she's sort of has this moment where she's watching the video this i think was kind of w well done for what it was and she's like mimicking what she's seeing yeah. on the video and that i've kind of uh, that kind of hit you know that kind of hit me i was kind of like oh that's kind of like weird i mean she doesn't sell it like a better actor would have been <laughs> yeah, it would have been like yeah. a really great moment for a better actor um good old rena does not sell it not even a little bit but um but it was a moment um and and you can see that she's trying and so the next scene she's still dressed in her beth attire very much more conservative very prim yeah very prim yeah and peter comes home and uh from work and she sort of pulls the same Oh, Peter, we can't do that before dinner, even though I don't even... Did he Did he even come on to her? Like, I a little bit? I don't know said two things. No, I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, like, I don't even remember. And she was kind of like, Peter, we can't... You know, and she's trying to to be Beth. And, and, and Peter just automatically is like, I know what you've been doing. And he gets very angry at her. And he, like, you know, pulls out all his... his the, this box of Beth stuff, and he dumps it on the table and he's yeah, like yelling at her. Yeah, like very labeled Beth artifacts that <laughs> I didn't even know like she has held on to in so, such an organized fashion um, and traveled cross country with. But but yeah, they're yeah. there like, it must be the very top of their office at his apartment, whatever, yeah. And he's sort of like, you know, 
these are my memories that that was his like these are my memories not yours and you can't yeah, take them yeah. and it was all very weird and then he like goes like kind of goes up to her and grabs her and starts like ripping off her clothes i just hate this whole storyline i think it's stupid and i just don't understand why it even has to be a thing yeah i'm wondering if as it continues and kind of gets a bit more ludicrous you will find it fun i'm not saying you will i'm not saying you should I sort of didn't either. I just watched it. But um, I'm wondering <laughs> if you'll hate it as much as it continues as you do right now. And you might. You honestly might. Because it's, I mean, it's so stupid. It is so stupid. It's, it's, I mean, it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. And, you know, I guess it could have been interesting. I, I don't even know, though. This whole thing about the dead sister... Um, and and trying to replace her and be her, I I just think it's very strange, and um, yeah, I mean the whole thing was stupid from the beginning. Peter didn't recognize her, you know. I you know, come on, this whole thing was crack. This this whole thing is just crack. It's on crack. Crack. It's on crack. It's on crack. Were you originally gonna say it's crap? It's crap. <laughs> I don't know. I, think I would have accepted that joke. I would have done with it. My adaptogen is fucking with me. I'm not sure what I wanted to say. <laughs> Karen, under the influence. Under the influence of holy basil leaf. Mm-hmm. All right. So then, what was that? What was the next one that you think I is the one that I don't like too, or you think I do dislike this one? Wow, that made no sense. Okay, let's do the next one. Jake and Allison. Yeah, I hate this one. I thought, yeah, I, I, I knew, not I thought, I knew you hated the Jake and Allison one, but I thought there was going to be a different one. So we'll get to that next. All right. Jake oh, no, and- then I hated three. I hated three uh, stories. Oh, you're changing shit on me now, Karen. I know. It's the holy basil leaf. Don't think that. because you are impaired that I'm going to let you get away with that. <laughs> However... You are right. Here, okay, this is the deal with this whole episode, listeners. There are a couple good, really fun highlight storylines. And they are flanked by some really piece of shit. We don't know how to get to the end of the season storylines. Yeah. So, so we're going to keep trying to get those out of the way and then dwell on the good. Yes, we're going we're gonna to push it. So, so basically, we're going to do shit, 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 shit. And then we're going to go for the gold. What Karen said. Okay, so Jake and Allison. Newlyweds. Um, I just want them to get a divorce at this point. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like... Their relationship, their new marriage at this point really does seem built to implode. Like, they're... And it sucks. They just keep throwing new new obstacles. They could have kept one obstacle all season long. They just keep having new obstacles to the point where it's like, uh, I am I am tired of you and your shit. And I'm tired, of, Jake, of you being stupid. Um, and, and I'm tired of Allison, who I love, being so just we, fucking negative morose. Yeah, morose. She's been, And, you know, the thing that really sort of gets me is I really, I really ship them as a couple. As a, like, when they first got together, like, I was kind of like, I did this. I did this. I think they're good together. And now I think they're a disaster, and they just need to split up. Right. The problem isn't, I don't think, uh, our actors, though. The problem is our writers, yes. who are, like, making mincemeat of their chemistry and their history, what they had, um, whatever school subjects you want to throw in there besides chemistry and history. Um, and Geometry. They just want to take them and, like, throw them off a cliff. Uh, I will render a final verdict when we get to the end of the season on the storyline. Um, but you're absolutely right to not enjoy any of it. I so. just had an epiphany. Oh. I had oh. a holy basil epiphany. Under the influence. Made me think about, man, this... I am like digging this holy basil leaf thing. It's kind of it's kind of like being stoned. Okay, well, let's not lose sight of uh, your epiphany. Wait. Oh, my epiphany. So she literally what, almost lost it, guys. What I think they should have done, or like what it would have, what what they don't do, 
is like, you know, on daytime television, they always have the super couple. And so I was just thinking about Days of Our Lives and we had uh, Bo and Bo and Hope, Bo and Hope. And they were put through the ringer, right? Kind of like Jake and Allison, like put through the ringer over and over again. Bad shit always happening to them. And they always, the relationship always like stayed together and it was always stronger for that. And there was never any, like, we'll get into it a little bit more as we talk about this, these scenes with Jake and Allison, but it was sort of like Allison pulling an attitude with Jake and giving him dirty looks and being kind of gleamy. Whereas like the super couples from daytime always had each other's back and were always kind of like, you know, clasping hands and saying, we're going to get through this together. And there was always something that maybe would, physically separate it but they were always fighting for the same thing which was to get back to the other person and they don't do that on Melrose Place and I think it's to the detriment because I really see like with all of the obstacles that they're chucking in Jake and Allison's way if they gave them that super couple status it would have probably been a hell of a lot more interesting and effective well, you're absolutely onto something, and I totally agree. And that's what they do with the super couples on daytime, or I guess on like long, long, long term primetime soaps, like perhaps Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will say something more about this, I think, come season's end. But also, I honestly think the writers are doing this long form with another couple but you won't see the full picture there until closer to the end of the whole series. The breakup, the makeup, the obstacles, that sort of thing. I think it is happening. I just don't think it's happening with Jake or Allison. And I think it also could have happened with Jake and Joe and they fucked that up too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd be very curious to know that, like I I suspect it might be somebody, but um, I'm curious to see who that actually does turn out to be because I don't think they've done it once on this show. No, because they do like a merry-go-round. They do like a love, sex, carousel. And it's just like, find your partner, go around, okay, here, now we move on, new partner, new triangle, whatever it might be. Right. But there's very little of, we're breaking you up to have you make up, break up, make up, but really strengthen your love, your bond. That they don't do. But again, it's not the breakup necessarily. It's the obstacle. obstacle. Yeah, because I don't, you know, you don't. Rarely did the super couples break up, but whatever obstacle it was, it always just. Well, actually, they did. Well, I think maybe over super long term. Yeah, but it's in the beginning they didn't. They just had obstacles. Like, um, uh, what was I going to say about? Well, I just think historically on this show, um, the couples rarely had each other's backs like right. when it finally came like uh here's an obstacle here's a hindrance put you know, like you know like pushed up against the wall you know um you know jake's bike shop burnt down and he turned on joe um yeah i i mean like you know sydney gets kidnapped and jake is done with sid but that's kind of appropriate um <laughs> yeah um yeah, I'm trying, you know, like Allison discovered her abuse and Billy couldn't support her, that sort of thing. Right. Um, they're really about like getting through it together. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah. So let's get through this story together. Let's get through this painful, painful story. So I guess when we first see them, uh, they are at their party at Shooters because where else would you have? There was sort of like a reception y, like, yay, we got married party at Shooters. Yeah, what I wrote down was shitty celebration at Shooters. Yeah, and it was indeed. Oh, boy, was it. So, Um, first of all, you don't have most of the cast there. We have Billy and Sam and Matt. So, by the way, we were talking about when Matt has that Chardonnay Tears moment with Billy and Sam. It's at Allison and Jake's wedding celebration at Shooters. Right. Um, And not much else happens there except for at the very end, uh, Allison breaks out another bottle of champagne. Yeah, and, and Jake is already really drunk and um, and Allison pulls it out and Jake's like, no, I've already had too much to drink and you don't drink. And Allison's like, I'm a grown up, I can handle it. 
Um, yeah. But apparently, I uh, she tied one on. She must have had the whole bottle because the next yeah, morning she had taken the aspirin. <laughs> and hide and taking the aspirin and hiding how bad she feels from Jake, so he has no idea. But he's hungover too, so he probably wouldn't. Have he's even super hungover. Yeah. Yeah. So she like pulls the aspirin back out and gives it to him, and that's when there's a knock on the door. Yeah. Remember Colleen that Jake visited upstate and saw her and uh, David, the son they had together? Well, now Colleen is in L.A. Yeah. Surprise! She shows up, invites herself right in, introduces herself to Allison and says, I'm in town a couple days, Jake. When's a good time for us to do dinner? And Jake's like, yeah, we have to take you out. She's like, oh, how about tonight? And Allison is already glaring at her. Yes. Yes. Needlessly, but here we go. Yeah, based on nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And and in fact, the next uh, the next day at dinner, which I assume is at Kyle's, or was it just a, at a random restaurant? I couldn't I tell. I think it was a random, actually. And it wasn't at Shooters. Um, no, it's a little nicer than Shooters. So they're at this dinner, and and Allison is still like staring daggers at this woman across the table. Yeah. Well, it, but Colleen does inadvertently step in it. A couple times, and at one point, uh, but she didn't you know, know. I mean, she you didn't can't... know. No, I'm saying inadvertently. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so I could. She mentions that Allison can't drink because she's expecting, and that's when Jake kind of has to break it to her, um, and and then she's like, "Oh well, you can try again." And then Jake starts to go into yeah. a, a bit that no, they can. And she's like, "It's enough, enough." So. Okay, I can even take a, a part of Allison's side there, but but no matter what, you get the sense that Colleen couldn't win over Allison, which also puts Allison in the position right now of being, say, the Amanda of the group, uh, not being typically Allison-like here. Yeah, um, and she's and you know she's just. She's not Amanda. Like, she's not Heather Locklear. So as much as we love Courtney Thorne-Smith, again, it's another thing that I feel like she can't pull off. Yeah. Again, though, I don't think the writers are doing them any favors. I would agree with that. You know, like, give her one thing to react to instead of, like, three or four different could-be things that are all happening. Like, she could still be going through postpartum or, you know, post-miscarriage. Uh, depression. She could still not know why Colleen is in town. She could be taking umbrage at the fact that Colleen brings up David isn't doing so well. Like, she could be feeling different things, but all we get is kind of hate from her. Right. Right. Directed at Colleen's way. And she's also not communicating with Jake. And now, what is not clear is it seems like... Colleen has this rocky marriage with her husband. I think his name is Richard. Is that mm-hmm, or whatever, so. uh, something yeah, like yeah. that. And and we already know that the guy travels a lot. We already know that his relationship, even with Jake and Colleen's son, David, 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 David. um, is it, it, strained. Um, but apparently it's not very clear if they're divorcing or if he's just traveling a lot. And Colleen basically said, asks Jake to be a little bit more in the picture um, with the kid because she feels like he needs some sort of father figure. As you can imagine, this does not land well with Allison at all. And, um, and so when Colleen says, well, I'm being, we should be celebrating, let's get some champagne uh, and all of that moment, you know, that sort of, spirals into the we can't have this baby and all that shit and then allison is like you know what i think we really could use some chardonnay (laughs) and i have to tell you that's the moment where she lost me because chardonnay is disgusting that's the (laughs) devil's wine (laughs) but but chardonnay was the was such a 90s drink it was like it's still it's still like a popular California drink. They always order it on TV and it is disgusting. It, well, is, it is piss and butter. I'm not I, saying she would have ordered something else. I'm just I, saying she lost me. But in the 90s, it was all about the Chardonnay. And then in the aughts, it became Sincere, which is actually one of my favorite wines. I do like Sincere. 
I love Sancerre. And then and then I did see though recently it Chardonnay has trended back. I just always see people ordering Chardonnay. And it doesn't make it any better. I'm a I'm a Sauvignon Blanc man myself. I love Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. And if I, we I have do. a bottle here, you should come over and join us. I have some in my fridge too. Okay, so maybe one day we do a special uh I we'll think we should, Chardonnay when we get to the season finale, we should, not a Chardonnay. Oh, what's oh not a Chardonnay. We should do, we should do a, we should do a drinking, uh, uh, over the podcast. Uh, okay. Well, maybe for the, the finale. Well, um, <laughs> it's no longer dry January, so we'll just get lit up for the finale. Yeah, we ain't driving. No, we're not. We're just sitting in our houses. That's right. Why not? <laughs> that is all we do. Wine, not. Why not? Um, not? So after Colleen has said that about David, is she's worried about him, uh, Jake comes home the next day, and Allison is sitting there waiting, and she goes, Colleen called, said David had a rough day, and she'd really like you to talk to him. And it's like, well, I, Allison's had attitude, but I mean... You can't say Colleen, the way she has done this, isn't now imposing a little bit. Okay, well, here's the thing. Colleen has not asked Jake for shit for this Anything. child. Y you know what I mean? So I kind of feel like it's kind of not an imposition. This is Jake's responsibility. Um, I guess it does kind of come out of the blue. That's, but then it's, again, it's not the what, it's the how. Jake showed up out of the blue and did yeah, take on the true. role of fa father figure to this kid for like the one day. And the kid figured out that that was his real dad. Smart kid. Also, yeah, also, Allison, why is she sitting at home? Yeah, I don't know why she's not at work. She's just no longer working? She's just given up? Like, what is she doing? I mean, I, I think that's maybe, part of the problem. Maybe you know, she just didn't have that shift. Maybe yeah, she was going to go in later. I don't but know. She's back at D&D. Is she back full time? I, I thought she she's is. just working. Oh no, she was because you're right. Because when she had to take those two weeks off, they got her the fax machine to work. She's right. Yeah. She is on. Well, maybe it's a Saturday then. I mean, I guess maybe it just felt like everybody else is working. Um, also, um, it might do her some good. Get out of the house. Yeah, although that place is dangerous and and not up to code, so she would. Need to be careful. <laughs> it um, is not up to code. So that's kind of where we leave it with them, right? We do leave it. And I just have a question talking about work. What does she do that she's in LA for business for a few days? I don't think um, we've. I, I don't she just think has. Ever she just has generic random job that has, requires some travel. Yeah, random, random business. Random business. Okay. It's good enough. Right. Um, well, the one thing that Allison does say is Jake like finally takes the hint that she's annoyed about something, um, and she says that you know it still it bothers her that you know David's his son and he and Colleen are bonded by that and she can't give him kids. She's just going to keep dwelling on the I can't give you children thing. Right. Well, there you go. Uh, and that is where we leave it for them. Okay. Okay. Um, so I would like to move us over to what I think is the very worst story they have. And I think it's also going to be one you don't love. Okay. This is it Billy is. and Sam. Yeah. This one sucked too. Yeah, it really does. It, this one sucks. <laughs> and I, I mean, so much. Who, so much. Who is, who is the actor that plays Sam's dad? Tony Dennison. Because at this point, he's giving Andrew Shue a run for his money. But he's got an accent to boot. Oh. Or like a, a lilt, I guess. A little I accent. No, I don't know. Do they have that accent in Maryland? No, they don't. They totally don't. He's got like this Jersey mobster thing going on that's not even a very good one. And But he's from Maryland. Like, what? Yeah, they're, like, there is no real Maryland accent. 
Right. I mean, you you grew up around there. There is no I Maryland. Mean, about them, right? I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. In Virginia, just across the river. Yeah, there's no, there's there's no, there's not even technically a mid-Atlantic accent that sounds like Maryland. So, um, no, it just sounds like an asshole. Yeah. Basically. Asshole versus asshole versus asshole. That's what the storyline is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when we when we last left Sam, she had been visit. Uh, she had a visit by the FBI or the cops the or police, something. I the police. I don't know. I don't know who who do, who shows up when y- your father escapes from jail, and so the they. Father, father becomes a escape con. I'll let you know. Yeah. So he's he's a. He, so she gets visited by the cops. Finds out that her dad escaped from prison, um, lies to the cops, hasn't claimed she hasn't seen him, and so now she, uh, when when their storyline opens, she is at Shooters while, you know, he's doing his janitorial duties by himself. I guess opening up, closing. I couldn't tell, um, and confronts him with the fact that he busted out of jail. I think it's closing because Billy places a call at night to her and she's not home. Ah, right. So it's closing time. Um, And so he basically uh, says that he was going to, if he didn't escape from prison, he was going to get shanked. I don't don't know. He made enemies. Yeah. (laughs) And so he had to, he had to break out. I don't know. He made it sound like it's so easy. Yeah, well, again, not dwelling on the subtlety of these writers. I know. They didn't like me in jail, so I decided to bust out. Like, I didn't yeah, realize. It's that so was, easy. It's yeah. so easy. Just tie those sheets like, together leaving and jump them out all. the window. Yeah, yeah. I mean, please. Okay. So, um, so meanwhile, back at home, um, I guess the next morning, Billy had been out late uh, at the hospital. We will get into that. It has to do with Sid's storyline. Um, and Sam has now concocted a story about her dad leaving town. Yeah. She said he's moved out and we won't be seeing him again. He's leaving town. Right. Um, so I guess it's because, you know, she's trying to hide him from the cops yeah. And um, and she also doesn't want Billy to know that he is on the lam. Yeah, understandably so. Yeah. Um, I mean, the worst thing about this storyline is that it makes me want to side with Billy each time. Pretty much, yeah. And then I guess I guess the next time we see them, it's like with the groceries, which was so weird. Like, like again, we're only at, like. Oh no, we're at the. Well, she visits apartment. her dad in the yeah. motel. Yeah, the, at a hotel or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he pressures her and says he needs money. Right, that's it. Um. So then she does this weird, passive-aggressive thing with Billy, where she's like, she feels bad because she has nothing, and he's like, makes more money, and she can't, like match him and he takes care of her and she hates that about him sort of thing and 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 he's like okay if you need to borrow some money like you're my girlfriend we live together you can take some money here here's my atm card she's like no i don't need your pity and he's like just take my atm card and she's like okay basically and and then she takes her dad to the ATM. Like, I was thinking, this is really stupid because now he knows you have his ATM card and his pen and you are just like a cash machine at this point. Yeah, it's the stupid, yeah. Like, you should have just taken the cash and then given it you to him rather just, than taking him to the, said, you know. Yeah, yeah. when he yeah. was, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. now, now he knows you know how to get the money out of the bank and where you could have just been like, I asked him for the $500. Um, I can't ask him again. Now her dad's going to be like, just steal it. It was stupid. She's stupid. Stupid. Um, so that was it, right? With this, like, I feel like we're just kind of left dangling with this storyline. Well, the only other thing is she's like, okay, so you've got the money you're going to leave, right? And he goes, I leave town soon, but first I have to get a couple things straightened out. Whatever that means. Ah, uh, whatever that means. And we don't know. 
We don't know. She doesn't know. She doesn't we don't know. know. Nobody knows. Uh, I want him to leave town. I, I do too. Because I want this storyline to be done with. Yes. Because none of them are just, they're just lousy actors and they're all in scenes together. Yeah. I mean, these are like embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So these really are, feel like they're in an, a completely different show. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't mind Sam. Like, I liked her when she was just kind of like, you know, having her tiffs with Sid or like, but she was always kind of like a, a levity, I guess. You know, she was always like light and and easy. Yeah. Kind of like an easy character yeah. to follow. And she didn't do too much. And she was a little, she was like a little, a little touch of sugar. Right. Sure. And yeah. and now we're just going down this like path that is just not in character for her, and um and and because they're the act the act the actors the actors the writers are asking her to do more and she's just not capable of doing the more. No, that's exactly what it is. So it sucks. But now we're done with the bad and on with the good. We are, so I feel like we shouldn't uh, take a trip to the beach. Yes, I think we or should. Or a beach house. Where Michael and Megan are jogging at the beach and having a conversation about how she will not allow Michael to... Be she will let his ambition That's it. destroy them. Yes. Her or them, yeah. Yes, yes. And, um, and you know, she's good for him. Yeah, I just think she's, she's good for him. Yeah, we want to see her pick him, pull him up. Yeah, and I think that she's succeeding. Yeah, you know, and and so he's um, so so they 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 go back to the beach house and they sort of collapse on a pile of pillows because I guess they got rid of the couch, Kimberly's couch. I well, I thought the couch was still there, but maybe not. I think the couch I thought it was just decorative pillows that they like land on and start going at it on yeah but that's because i think the couch was missing mm, well hmm, could you blame them uh no i mean that's like the couch kimberly died on i'd throw that out too um and, but however while they are you know making out on these pillows on the floor they are confronted with a pair of ankles this. Yeah, someone else is in the house. What? Somebody else is in the house, and we have our new special guest star. It is True. Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano has joined Melrose Place. Okay, so what had she done? I feel like we might have talked about this before. She didn't go from Who's the Boss to Melrose Place, correct? What What had she done in between? No, this is probably like five or so years after that went off the air. And she kind of struggled because no one really took her seriously as an adult or young adult actress. She's like 25, I think, at this point. Um, and she did a bunch of movies that, that no one really saw. I think the biggest among them was probably Fear the Mark Wahlberg Reese Witherspoon movie and she's oh, like I remember that one. The she's like the the sluttier friend. Right. Um, right. and so she really went through some career growing pains to to be taken more seriously I think as an adult. Uh, and this was her return to TV in in to, I think to be seen in a new light and by a new audience. And it did work. It brought her into the spelling universe, which then yeah, propelled exactly her right. into Charmed. Um, that's right. Which really kind of solidified her um, her transition from child star to adult actor. I mean, she, leading lady, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah she's definitely one of the few child stars who have been able to overcome um, that hurdle of just being seen as that child star and actually continue to have a pretty fruitful career in through adulthood. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, I'm, I am team Alyssa. I know some people. Oh, I am too. Um, so I kind of squealed when I saw that we finally have her on the show. Yeah, she's here and kind of taking on the role of the new Sid. Yes, she is the new Sid. Um, which is sad and wonderful all at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I will, and I did give it the benefit of the doubt when, when she joined. But yes, yeah, she's, it's very similar ground 
you know, Jennifer is still young. She's college age. She seems to be kind of uh, going through some stuff and not really taking accountability for her life. Um, and said she wrote a letter to Michael, but Michael never saw it, never read it. And so neither of them uh, knew to expect that she had moved all the way from Boston to L.A. and was going to be staying with Michael. Um, and surprise to Jennifer, because she meets Megan and thinks that this is Michael's <laughs> wife, so therefore she's Kimberly, <laughs> which, uh, I mean, like, was the Pony Express doing the communication between brother and sister? Because, oh, how that ship had sailed a long time ago. I mean, really, you're telling me that in four years, she never knew what Kimberly looked like, let alone knew that they were divorced and Kimberly was dead and Michael had remarried, all the things that we know. Okay. The shows typically don't work that way. The characters come in knowing what we know in this. They, like, really need to not know for a storyline. But, okay, that, fine, fine. It's funny enough. It's fine. So, dun, 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 I just cottoned to something. Jennifer mm. was in school in Boston at Boston College. Yeah, she's a Boston, Boston. College in Boston. Boston, Boston, where certain restaurateur yes. also lived. Yes, who had the affair with the waitress. Correct. You may be one step ahead of this show, Karen Greco. Uh, it's the holy basil leaf. I'm telling you, it's making me clairvoyant. It's, everything is everything is clearer to you. Everything is clearer to me. Okay, so we'll just we'll just pin that. Put a pin in that. Okay. Um, but what we do actually learn um, right in this, basically, this first scene is that uh, Jennifer is a liar. <laughs> like Sid. Yeah. <laughs> like she's just a liar, you know, because I, I guess, you know, she has one version of the situation of the family and um, and Michael's version of their family dynamic is completely different. Correct. Um, so I guess Jennifer and Megan have a little bit of alone time and, um, and she sort of shares that, uh, he abandoned the family. Um, and, but it turns out, you know, Michael counters that with, he tried to take care of his family and they just were draining him dry with financially. Um, so we're not sure who to believe at this point because Michael's not exactly a truth teller himself, although I'm more inclined to believe him. I'm inclined to believe him because he doesn't really have anything to gain by right. telling lies to his younger sister. Right. And so, and we already see how uh, Jennifer is manipulative because she ends up manipulati manipulating Megan to write her resume so that she can... Which, get okay, help. of all the characters on the show, you're going to go to Megan for resume help? Not probably my first or second or third or fourth choice, but okay. Okay, but at this point, Jennifer doesn't know. But that's all she has. That's all she yeah. has. Yeah, and and she also doesn't want to do it herself. No. I mean, for somebody who went to Boston College, which is not a bad school, you would think you would walk out of there with a resume. You would think. You would think. Um... So, yeah, um, I guess, do we go to D&D &D with this now? We do. Right. So somehow, oddly, Michael arranges for Jennifer to have an interview with Amanda at D&D, &D, a job interview. Um, this was never discussed. We were never, like, it was just all of a sudden Jennifer is sitting across from Amanda in Amanda's office and they're doing this interview and it's a Well, favorite. Michael had said, okay, I'll, I'll get you an interview with one of my friends or something like that. Oh, did he and say that, that to her? Oh, and what? what that turns out is that it's Amanda, D&D. &D. Right. And so basically Jennifer blows it. She is awful. Right, and but I it's not like she's, she it's not so like bad. she's young. It's not like she's young and doesn't know what to say or is nervous. She's an asshole. <laughs> like, she is just an asshole. Like, she is just rude and obnoxious and ungrateful. And I couldn't figure out, like, is this just her? Or did she have an ulterior motive for behaving I think this way? it's just well? her. 
it was just her. Like right down to, you know, Amanda says to her, well, what kind of advertising do you like? And she's like, I'll tell you what I don't like. And she talks about like this billboard with like, I don't know, some model with big boobs or something like yeah. that. And Amanda was like, um, that was my account and that was my concept. And she was just like, she makes this face where you think she's going to apologize and be all awkward. And she's like, I'm sorry for you. Yeah, and she goes, yeah. how embarrassing for yeah. you. And I remember that because that was the one heavily hyped scene when uh, she joined the show and they were advertising that episode. Yeah. And like, and I think at one point she even said to her, am I getting too philosophical? I don't want to lose you to Amanda. And Amanda yeah. is just like, oh, you yeah. know, yeah. her facial expressions were fan-fucking-tastic through this whole thing. And yeah, she basically kicked her out. Yeah. And then at the very end, she's like, oh, Michael said you were going to take me to lunch. Yeah. And Amanda's like, I don't do lunch. Get out of my office. <laughs> And then she's like, and do I have a job or not? And Amanda's like, no. And then back at the beach house, we see um, Michael and Jennifer. And Jennifer basically lies and says, you know, she may, she said she doesn't hire friends or friends of friends. And she was very mean to me. Um, and and Michael. Well, is, she she plays the she plays both sides because at first she yeah. said, yeah, she says she doesn't hire friends or relatives or relatives or friends whatever and then michael's like really are you sure and she goes well i didn't want to say this but she was mean to me like she's always got another hustle to cover the right. hustle right right and so and michael's all upset that amanda was mean and then he was like well she's just that's just who she is that's amanda i'm gonna call her but jennifer i guess talks him out of it now i don't remember she where does where does she end up working like i feel like she either ended up at the at D&D, or she ended up at Michael's office. Or maybe she ended up at Shooter's. I thought she ended up at either Shooter's or Kyle's, and then maybe also was at Michael's office? I don't know why. I seem to remember. I don't remember. I feel like she was not stationary. I feel like she probably uh, had a couple different gigs. Okay. But I want to say that she does wait tables for a bit, and I might be wrong about that. Okay. So, hey, welcome Alyssa Milano to the cast. Um, welcome. It's great to have you. So I'm looking forward to uh, what kind of trouble this one gets us into. Oh, indeed. Yay. Um, because uh, Sid is a little banged up. Yeah, from one troublemaker to another. Yeah, so when we last saw Sid, she was being courted by the um, ambulance chaser lawyer to uh, to join his team and scam people out of their insurance money. Um, and she decided uh, she was going to scam Amanda and D&D out of, uh, uh, you know, out of out of insurance money and took a spill down the spiral staircase during a party uh, at D&D that Kyle's uh, restaurant was catering. Mm-hmm. Um, you so, beautifully summed up. Yeah. So now we are at the emergency room, which is where Billy was, by the way, um, when he didn't get home till two o'clock in the morning. And yeah, that's why he was calling Sam when Sam was at Peter's with Papa. Yeah. And so we see poor Sid laid up in the hospital and she's kind of upset because she actually really got hurt. She has a broken rib. Uh, did she say a severed shoulder? Like real bad injuries. Yeah, separated shoulder. Yeah, it was something like that. yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so the lawyer's like, "There's, we need more. <laughs> we need more. We, it's like you're not hurt enough. And he's like, pretend you're numb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so basically, he's basically like says, um, look, we're going we're gonna to take them for $5 million. And that makes Sid yell. Um, and so, of course, Kyle, Billy, Amanda, and Craig are all outside the room. And they rush in. And, um, and she is, you know, and Sid's like, no, no, everybody out. I just need to rest. And, um, and Amanda doesn't look like she's buying it. Everybody else is worried about Sid, but Amanda's yeah, just kind of like, Amanda, yeah. Amanda's not onto it. Uh, Amanda's not buying it at all. She's, she's onto the jig. Yeah. And especially onto it once the lawyer hands over the, his business card. Exactly. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, Amanda says something like, oh, I thought I saw you attached to the... Um, the fender of the fender. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nice. <laughs> so, anyway, next day at D&D, uh, Craig breaks the news that they have been issued a summons from Sid's lawyer, and uh, it's for $5 million. And Amanda's like, well, that's why we have insurance. And Craig's like, well, actually... About that. About that. And it appears that the insurance company a year ago had flagged that staircase as being problematic and they needed him to take care of things. I mean, remember, the thing that was done was that the lawyer pulled the skid tape or whatever it is off of the off of the top... Um, the stair, or the, the second... Top. Yeah, the second last year or whatever it was. But yeah, guess- uh, Craig was supposed to to fix to take care of uh, these unsafe areas to move forward with the insurance, and he never got around to it. And now someone is doing them. So basically, like the situation Sid was in with the boutique, they are underinsured or not insured at all. Right. Right. And so Amanda is not happy about this. And she's like, you, this is, you, you are an idiot and this is your problem and you are going to fix it. And Craig decides that the way he's going to fix it is he's going to woo Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. He comes over to Amanda's apartment. She's wearing like a, a pirate shirt, by the way. Um, <laughs> and he says, I am going to seduce Sydney and she will forgive this claim. And she's right. like, you're still an idiot. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, good luck with that. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Sid uh, is walked home, uh, I guess is released from the hospital, her lawyer takes her home, and um, and he is, he's not happy with where she lives. He, he thinks that she needs no, to get No, because he realizes all the people she's suing live right there. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you need to be careful because you are surrounded by all of these people. And Sid's like, nah, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, Craig is swimming in the pool while she's, yeah. like, right outside her apartment as Harry walks her back. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, don't worry, I got it. Yeah, famous last words, Sid. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, do we need to sort of, like, bring Amanda and Kyle a little bit more into this? Yeah. Or- yeah, yeah, oh. because uh, she's invited, Ky- uh, yeah, Amanda has invited Kyle to join her uh, to go to this museum opening because the Museum of Contemporary Art has become the newest client of, or uh, a client of D&D's, and so this is like a client event. Why Amanda decides to dress like she does for a client event is another question, but yeah, yeah Amanda and Kyle are uh they're on their way out when they see sid struggling to take out her garbage and she asks them for help and they say no right Um, but craig comes running out of his apartment to assist with the garbage yep and then he puts his number in her speed dial oh that's right um but yeah sid is uh sid sid's like not buying it no, no, she's like, shoot, get get out of here. Yeah, she's like, just take my smelly garbage and get out. Um, but I think she kind of appreciates that now she has him on speed dial and she can basically like summon him when she needs something done, right? I mean, yeah, there's something there's something to that. Yeah, there is. Um, meanwhile, at and oh, she oh she also makes a crack about Amanda's dress to uh, to Craig. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's like this, it's like see-through black lace number that, you know, maybe like award show friendly, but not for a client event. Not for a client event. But we will go to the client event where um, there's a lot of art in, on a lot of white walls. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it really brings out the culture lover in Kyle. Yes, and he sort of like digs into what the paintings are and what this means and what that means. And that's when we learn that Amanda, I think we learned this before at one point, Amanda wanted to be an artist, but it wasn't. Well, yeah, I was, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I was like, that is the history of Amanda. She did love art. She did want to study art. And then she majored in business instead. So that's like, oddly, an example of good continuity. 
Right. Um, and so then, you know, Kyle reveals that the band is playing a song that he really likes. Why don't we go dance? And then that's when he says his dream. He loves art, but he really loves music more. And his big yeah. dream was to always open a jazz club. This that's comes right. out of left field, but OK. It, it does come out of left field, but it's not the end of that. Um, and yeah, they're they're having a nice time again slowly getting to know each other which is not the norm on this show and then i don't know i guess someone else from D comes over the publisher like, from art forum wants well they said she has to go yeah they said the publisher of art forum magazine is here now you have to go to them um which i thought was funny and i'm pretty sure that's a magazine that has my resume on file and um <laughs> you and me both <laughs> as amanda walks away she does a nice slow look back at kyle um they're smitten yeah and it's maybe mutual maybe not because the next night amanda comes to him at the in the kitchen of kyle's um and she says she'd be looking to invest in kyle's jazz club if he wanted to move forward with that um and and well he thinks well this is well, she says, this is good for me because, you know, I also will have somewhere else to put my money other than D&D now that we've got this big lawsuit. Um, and she goes, and it, and it's a healthy business partner because they're not romantically involved. And he's right. like, uh, we're not, right? Or something to that effect. Right. So but now they have more than one. Where they reason. left it, right? Like it, thought, that's like, where they yeah. left it. Yeah, they have, but it's now more than one reason. Um, I guess to yeah. be close. Yeah, we have seeds planted. Yeah, because because um, Kyle said to her, "I already did the partnership thing with uh, Taylor, and then yeah. and look at how that turned out." And and Amanda was like, "Yeah, but we're not a couple." And he was like, "We're not." You know, he like I don't know. It was it was a very like kind of weird like kind of I can't tell which one is more smitten than the other but I like it I like them together yeah. I like the idea of this I think and I also like the little slow burn they've got going on here especially for a yeah. show that really likes to like churn like like really sort of likes the their insta love we've got exactly. a really great slow we'll burn never going. see this again <laughs> which sucks <laughs> Because the anticipation is sort of like the best part, that's right? The fun, like, right? That's yeah. the fun. That's like that's what you tune yeah. in for every week. They they really do sort of put out too quickly um, with these with these romantic couplings. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. They could stand to slow it down a little bit, like this. Um, so anyway, uh, we do close out the storyline with Craig uh, coming to. Craig Sid. does the most amazing thing anyone could do. He brings ice cream and pizza. Yeah, and, and a Betty Davis movie. Yeah, Dark Victory, which is a movie that Alyssa and I just rewatched weeks back. Amazing. Um, and so basically, Sid's, you know, Sid's like, you're trying to butter me up. And he's like, okay, no. Um, but, you know, she sits down on the couch and she winces in pain because she's hurt. She is hurt. Again, she's not, it's not like she's faking it and putting it on. When she's in public, like she has a broken rib. It actually does hurt. It hurts like hell. <laughs> and he actually says, I'm so sorry that this happened. And Sid kind of softens and she's like, No it one breaks has said the that spell. To me. Yeah. yeah. Because she's like, No one has, in all this time, no one has said that to me. Yeah. And and this is Laura Layton. Like, this is why we oh, watch. God, right? She's so great. It was, she just had this wonderful sort of moment when he said, I'm sorry this happened. And Sid is just like, like just her whole demeanor, her face, the delivery of the line, um, and the follow through afterwards. It was just, oh, it was perfect. She's she wonderful. She wears this character like a second skin. She is so yeah. terrific. She uh, Every one of her choices is so natural. Yeah. So, um, so that was sort of a wonderful way to end this. And, you know, look, she's got her sights, but on, uh, you know, she's going to be sleeping with the enemy. She's supposed to be suing him. I don't think Harry's right. going to be happy with this. Yeah. Harry is probably not going to enjoy this. Yeah. Turn of events. So, yeah. 
there we go. That's the episode. I'm still That away. was the episode. Like we said, some wins, some losses, but we're ending with, with the win. Yes, very much the wind. Uh, the win. The wind. The wind. The wind. The wind. The wind. She, she's like the wind. Um, so there we go. Um, we're going to go to, uh, where are we going? We're going to Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> it sounded like you, you were going to say, we're going to go to hell. No, Hollywood Boulevard, which is kind of <laughs> different, but maybe not completely. Um, yeah, Karen is definitely feeling things right now, guys. Um, <laughs> all the more reasons to maybe follow uh, follow us over. Adaptions, um, who knew? <laughs> Holy shit. Too funny. I know. You know, maybe I should look into this too. You should. It's a good time. Okay. And it's healthy for you. Um, we're going to the boulevard. Come hang out with us over there. Yep. And then we will see you next week back on Z Block. Yeah.